Welcome to Always Listening. We're your hosts. I'm Josh. I'm Joel. And we are always listening. And we're together again. Like, I started to say Joni and Chachi, but I really have no frame of reference for what Joni and Chachi was other than Joni loved Chachi. So I'm not going to use that reference exactly. Chachi turned out to be a jerk. (laughs) So hi, man. How are you? Tired, man. It's, it's been a hot minute since we've uh, had an episode together, uh, but I'm I'm glad you're here. This is not going to be the standard. Josh is not back on an ongoing basis, but we had a, a Patreon requested episode from uh, Michael Bradley. We're going to get to the specifics in just a minute, but that brought you back to the studio. I thought I was going to do this on my own, but then you started listening to the show. You were like, I got things to say. Yeah, no, definitely, <laughs> definitely. And a little behind the curtain here for a second, guys. It has been so long. In- At the bank of Antandek, they're looking for a mascot. We need an icon. Something that says high fly into all our mortgage customers. Like a falcon or a stallion. Or even better, a parrot. Check it out. <laughs> Meanwhile, at Santander, they're concentrating on helping customers find ways to take years off their mortgage with their overpayment calculator. See what's possible at Santander. All applications are subject to status and our lending criteria. Your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on your mortgage. Between us recording together, we literally forgot (laughs) how our intro goes and had to listen to an old episode of Always Listening to make sure that we did it correctly. Well, here's the thing. Okay, so you haven't made an episode in several months. The Christmas Christmas special was the last episode that you recorded. Yeah. But I have done like two since then. But even I, it's been a little over a month since I've put out an episode. So mea culpa, those of you that are listening to the future perhaps won't even notice this. Well, you remember in the Christmas episode, everyone forgot that I was part of the show anyway. (laughs) I just... I didn't, I didn't think people would notice. I just, I just won't be. There you go. There you go. Uh, but but I'm, I'm glad to have you in the studio today. Uh, you and I do not uh, get to hang out as often as we like to. And we definitely don't get to talk podcasts as often as we like to. Today, we're going to be talking to you about the Blood Drawn Chronicles, season one specifically. And the subtitle for season one is The Manuscripts of a Valpeer. Here's the overarching thing that you need to know about the show. You can find all the info, the episodes, and different ways to subscribe at blooddrawn.com, blooddrawn.com, and there are links in our show notes, too. How is that not already taken for, like, life share or some blood <laughs> drive it, company? It does seem, like, here, of all the places their website would end up, that was not the one that I would have thought would have been, like, Blood Drawn Podcast, at least, maybe. It, they also have, like, tbdc.com, I think is that, too, or tbcdpodcast.com. That's pretty fortunate. It redirects, but blooddrawn.com is the easy one, and that, that's where I would direct you. Here's the one thing that I will put into the show right off the bat, and, and if you've ever listened to Always Listening, we like to use clips from the show to m- give you a taste of things and a little sampling. And, of course, the whole point of this show is to help you find new great podcasts to listen to. This show in particular was suggested to us by a Patreon. It was a request. You can do so, too. Uh, you can get uh, a show that you want us to review. It'll get on the list automatically, guaranteed, if you become a Patreon supporter at the $25 a month level. Uh, and check that out by going to patreon.com slash alwayspod. This show, The Blood Drawn Chronicles, you can find all the info, as I said, at blooddrawn.com. It's brought to you by Digifox Studios. They're based in Cape Coral, Florida. They've been around since about 2016, and Michael Bradley is the, the main man. He's the founder and the creator. Uh, he's the owner. And I believe that he's at least the primary writing force behind this show and their other show, actually, Josh. Uh, you may not have known this, but on their website, if you go to digifoxstudios.com, they've got another show. It's called Champion 7, and it's a YouTube series, actually. It's like a comic book presented in animated form a little bit. 
And I watched the first episode today. It's very, very interesting. Here's the other thing that I found there. The cast is very similar. So I'm going to assume, based on the size of the company, the fact that they've only been around for about a year or so, and the fact that both of their productions include a lot of the same voice cast, including even, I think, like a brother-sister combo or a husband-wife team, maybe. Uh, somebody's got the same last name anyway. I think that this is probably sort of a mom-and-pop operation, a family doing and friends the, operation. Uh, doing the animation side of it, I wonder if, uh, since they're in Florida, if any one of them went to the Dave School. I was thinking Dave School, or what's in, in Full Sail down there, too? Yeah, or is yeah that Full Sail is down there. So the, I, there's lots of, and, and I don't know the background on this team, and I don't really know the size. Maybe they are a fully professional operation. But overall, the note that I would give you, completely spoiler-free, not even any idea about really what the series is about, this is a super ambitious project. It is a storytelling podcast. It is a, a fictional narrative played out in audio drama over the course of 10 episodes in the first season, and there are already three seasons available. So it is a super ambitious project. They win some and they lose some. That's the overarching thing that I can say. Some of the times they, they rise to that ambition that they have, and some of the times they don't quite get there. Here, and I think that's mostly based off the, the size of the studio and the nature of this project. I think it's probably a side gig for everybody. Well, here's the, here's the good thing. The misses tend to be consistent, right? So if you fix one, then you're virtually fixing the whole issue. Yes, yes. I think, I think we agree on that, absolutely. So what we're going to do is we're going to tell you a little bit about the story here, and then we're going to basically talk about the podcast in sort of general terms, non-spoilers, uh, other than a few very specific things you could find when you read the info on the show. And then after that, we'll go into a little bit of spoiler territory. I've got some specifics that I want to talk about that don't come in until the later episodes, and so I don't want to ruin that for you. If you want to listen to the thing without knowing any of the story, you'll be safe. We'll give you plenty of heads up before we go into spoiler territory. But off the top of the bat, what is this show about Josh, what is the story of the Blood Drawn Chronicles? It's about Myrick, a vampire, trying to find some other dude. A, a Valpier. Oh, a Valpier. Yeah. You're right. I was now, way off. But, but let's talk about right there, what is your confusion? You, you said vampire, and that's not, that's not the only time that you said it. So the main character, Myrick, son of Meyer, he is played in the series by Nelson Ventura. And I think we both agree he's maybe the best part of the series. He oh, does a yeah. great well, job. Here's the thing, man. He has so much he has to chew on to get through an episode. Mm. If you don't cast him well... Oh, yeah. The whole thing falls apart. The whole thing falls apart. It, it is a, a first-person narrative. So you're reading the story, uh, theoretically anyway. You're reading the book that has been written, The Blood Drawn Chronicles, but you're reading it in Myrick's voice. And I think he does a great job of holding that narration, but also giving us a lot of character, especially in the dialogue scenes. Yeah, that all works out pretty well. He crushes it. Myrick crushes it. And that character, Myrick, is a Val Peer. He is searching for some vampires. Vampires, we know exactly what he's they are, right? He's not searching for vampires, man. He's searching for another one of his kind that's here. That's who he's looking uh, yes, for. Yes, yes. That's his. But he's going to kill I'm some guessing, vampires. Which I'm guessing is who created vampires. Yes, and there are some hints of that early, and then there, there maybe it gets a little bit more concrete on later on. But I will say this. You don't ever, in the first season at least, discover that direct connection. It's never exactly played out or laid out for well, here's you. The thing, and it's I'm one only, of my frustrations. I've only listened to five episodes. Okay. I've, I've listened to the entire first season. So we've got a slightly different perspective there, but that basic idea of the Val Peer is one that was very interesting to me. Now you said it, it sort of had an echo of something else, which is why the you, whole kind of story, the whole first really five episodes that I'm into feels very familiar in the form of, an old anime called Vampire Hunter D. And would you say that it goes further than, you know, sort of similar 
hero paths, or and there were like some specific, for instance, Valpure, oh, yeah, by Vampire. Five, by five, by five episodes in, you're pretty much completely done with Vampire Hunter D ish stuff. That's as far as like. That's as far as I think that feeling could go. Right. Because that would be where that movie ended. Do you think it's a case of like perhaps that was sort of an inspired by and he he wanted to make a story that was kind of similar in that vein and then somewhere along the way he found his own feet and voice and, and leapt off in a different direction perhaps? No, man. You're doing a show about vampires in 1690. The tropes are all going to be <laughs> yeah, the same. Be- we've, traveled, we've traveled this path before. All right. So outside- The thing is, is what is Myrick? That's, that's the big- That's what I want to know is what- what is he? Because he's not a vampire. He's not a human. He even goes on to say he's not of this world. Yes. Yes. Very specifically. And that's in the early episodes. He is yeah. not of this world. Okay. That, and again, I'll, it, this is a spoiler, not a spoiler. That mystery not solved in the first season. And for me, that was one mystery too far. I understand the idea that you want to draw somebody along. I, want, I understand the idea that you want to reveal over time. But to me, I need to know 10 episodes in, I need to know at least the question of, what is a Valpeer? Oh, that sounds like they did a good job because you're like, I I need to know now. So you're <laughs> yeah. going to listen to the next episode. Well, maybe so. Maybe so. We'll get to that <laughs> in a minute. All right. So, Josh, the basic storyline is this this narrative story of a, a of an otherworldly creature, yeah. a Valpeer, hunting for another one of his kind. How does it play out? Let's talk about production values for a minute. They use sound effects, Foley. They, they do use Foley, but before we even get to that, man, I, so... <laughs> Let me just say something good. Okay. So hopefully people will remember. Tell me something good. Because people Nobody ever to... remembers what you say. No. Nice. N- no, never, never. But um, I think the writing is very, very good. I think the writing creates a world for you to visualize. I think Myrick crushes it. I th- again, I think he does a very, very good job with all of the dialogue and all of the internal monologue and everything that goes along with it. It does make me sad when the Foley doesn't lift that environment up and fill out that environment, often the Foley on this show collapses that environment and it completely takes me out of of the story that I have going on in my head. So here's what I thought overall, I and I agree with you. It's a super ambitious project. What, they, what Digifox Studios hope to put on and what they have attempted to put on here is, is full audio drama, full audio theater. And I think they have done an impressive job. They do not always reach their ambition. They do not always succeed at what they were trying to do. And I think the Foley is the most glaring example of where they fail, not just once, but like several times over the course of the series. Do you want to get to a couple of the specific examples here? Well, when you take the time to put in the creaking of a door, all the all the doors in this world, which is earth which takes place in in bosnia actually it takes the the first part of this takes place in bosnia apparently the doors in bosnia creak but never close (laughs) like you take the time to put in the creaking and groaning of a door opening and closing to to help to 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 spice up the scene but you never close there's never the thud of the door closing and i'm like they're worried about a vampire coming through his window and they're not even going to shut the door so here's an example of that. This is very early. I think this is in the, the first episode. Myrick is being taken up to his room by Ilya, I believe is the daughter's name. Otto's daughter, one of them. Random bar keep number two. Oh, we'll get into that. <laughs> we'll get into that. But this is him being taken up to a, to a room that he's staying in for the first time. 
and you'll hear the door opening as they enter. She'll describe some stuff going on in the room, and then she'll leave, and you hear the door creaking again, and it never closes. And I, yes, I know this is a very, very small thing. I get it. I get this is nitpicky, but it really, like, whenever I listen to a podcast and, and, and such a good job is being done of transporting me to this world, it's going to be those little things that take me out of it. So here is the door that never closes. I notice a slight change in her demeanor, her heart now beating louder, as if trying to escape the confines that is her ribcage. Is it I that gives her unease? Or perhaps what I've been told of this town is true, and she fears that night is coming. Here we are. I hope the room meets your accommodations. I, I apologize now for the decor. I know pink is no color for a gentleman, but these bed sheets are made from the softest fabrics. The bed itself is the coziest in the house. The dresser is small, but it should be more than enough to store your belongings. As for the table, I don't think it'll matter much now that you'll be dining with us. I find everything to my satisfaction, my lady. I'm pleased to hear that. I should be on my way now. Dinner time draws closer, and there's still much work to be done. Thank you. My pleasure. If you require anything further, my father is always downstairs in the front room. If for some reason he's not, simply ring the bell on the counter and someone will be with you shortly. Goodbye, sir. Goodbye, my lady. As I stand alone in the middle of the room... It makes me think of, like, the Uncanny Valley. You know, like, so in, in computer graphics, you can make a very cartoony figure and we're fine with it. You can make a actual photorealistic figure and we're fine with it but as you approach that photorealism but you don't quite get there and it becomes harder and harder actually and and we as human beings reject it more and more because it's like it's almost right but that makes us right. more aware yes. of the ways that it's yes different. exactly okay this is they do such a great job at times of drawing you right into the moment oh, the yeah. acting is good yes. the storytelling is well good. well some of the act. but i'm saying Myrick like is is good always and, and there are moments where everything gels and then you're taken out of it with a foley and, and we don't we're not going to go to this clip but you gave an example later of uh there's a like the barkeep or whatever he rings for his daughter to come rings a bell we literally yeah. hear yeah, the yeah. bell ding 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 and it's quiet for a long time well you hear Clear, inner like monologue. she's walking you hear oh, a yes. monologue from Myrick. but <laughs> she just appears suddenly and says father you called but there are no footsteps there's no door right. opening there's nothing right if you ring the bell then you have to follow that up and to me the way to do this, one way to do it would be to remove the foley altogether. Never do sound effects, period. The alternative, and I think this would be the better alternative, is to think of the sound effects as something that you literally turn on and off for specific moments. So you fade in and you're going to use sound effects for something, you're going to have the bell, then for a few minutes there, you have to continue realistic sound effects and then you can fade back out to just narration or, or, or whatever, just the voice. The same way so they do the, the music in the, in the show. Right, but they do the they. They do much, much, much better with the music. Well, and the much music is better. also wonderful. I, as a matter of fact, yeah. here, I'm going to go to a clip that I've pulled. This is actually the intro to the show, okay? So the, the very beginning is sort of credit stuff. You get the name of the cast oh, and all those sort of things. what's funny you're actually going to get poor sound effects and the music side by side. Exactly. So, so this is the beginning of the show, starts with Foley, starts with sound effects. 
And especially in episode one, when you come into this and you don't really know, there's no context for what you're about to hear, it was incredibly off-putting to me. And then you go into the theme song, which I thought was maybe, other than Myrick, the best part of the whole show. The music in the show is really, really outstanding, and it's used well almost always. Almost always. I've got a bad example later that we'll get to. But right here, this is the intro to the show. If you're reading this, I bestow a word of caution to those faint of heart. This book contains a record of events that occurred, and acts which I've committed during my time in the world of man. I am Myrick, son of Myr, and these are the manuscripts of a Valpyr. Why do we need the pages turning? It's so bad. So bad. I don't know. I, I like I like Myrick's intro. It sort of it places it in an otherworldly way. We know it's a period story immediately. We we understand that we're gonna hear this is our main character, but he's gonna do bad things. You know, like so like we know all of that from that little hey, ten man, second intro. If Myrick's not a human and he's not a vampire, is he really good or bad like is what he's doing bad is what he's doing good oh no sure sure but i'm saying we we understand that it, this is an anti-hero he's not going to be oh, prince sure, charming sure. or whatever okay yeah i mean he has to eat horses <laughs> and then the, well, spoiler <laughs> alert uh but then the music the music is so amazing there and that's why i let the whole thing play out because i really did enjoy the music so and and here's the thing i wanted to give direct kudos to whoever is responsible for the music i couldn't josh and this is a complaint of mine on the website well first of all in the intro to the show we get the cast list. You you hear him say, you know, uh, Nelson Ventura and Alyssa. Right, but they also Kalugin. say for a full cast list, go to. But I'm saying the website that they give you is digifoxstudios.com slash tbdc. That goes to a 404. That's an error. That link doesn't go anywhere. There is not a cast list that I could find on digifoxstudios.com. So if it's somewhere else, I apologize, but it's not at blooddrawn.com and it's not at digifoxstudios either. So I don't know who to credit for the music, and that's a shame. I would really suggest that you guys fix that, because I would love to know who's responsible. Great job there. Can we just talk about the accents? <laughs> so that was, I thought since we were doing Foley, and that was a little negative, let's stay with another big negative for us, and let's talk about accents. So there is a, a spoiler reason that could be argued to answer some of our accent questions. No, it can't. But it comes m- way late in the series, and as as you point out, it won't answer everything. So we'll get to that later in the show. As a matter of fact, this might be our transition, this answers, conversation. It only answers... But we'll, the, we'll warn you. The only question that spoiler answers is the mechanism. This show takes place in Bosnia. Well, the, does, does it? Because whenever he got taken up to his room, Ilya sounds like every 
barmaid in every RPG. Like, I don't think she's from Bosnia. This is I think she's from Neverwinter. <laughs> she's from she's from Neverwinter, exactly. Right. So there's no Bosnian accent. Like, n- no one in her family sounds Bosnian. And and the worst of them is the uh, the constable Bazin. I think is his name. I could be wrong. I'm close. I could be wrong. But I am very close to what his name is. He's from Cincinnati. He. I don't know where he's <laughs> from. from. Cincinnati, he's not even Bosnia. trying to be from Skyrim, man. <laughs> no, it's, it's from Cincinnati, Bosnia. I like his character though, and I like a lot of his character choices. But you're right; the accent was was well. Was the thing not is, is, is the rule choice. is either you go all out and everyone does accents, or you just don't do any of them. Yeah, and it's fine if you have a Brit; he can speak with a British accent. That's fine. Or, if you have a Frenchman, let him speak with a French accent. Or if the story takes place in a fantasy world and not the real world and not a real location, then you can have whatever accent you want. Sure, because Westeros why, sounds like exactly, New Jersey if you want it to. Exactly. Right. Right? <laughs> but whenever whenever it takes place in real-world places, if you're going to do one accent, you have to do all of the accent. Oh, but we're just hearing Bosnian accents. No, 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 no. In episode two, we get to hear a Frenchman. <laughs> and you know what he has? A big, thick French accent. A French accent. <laughs> so so in this clip, you're going to hear first the inspector that we were talking about, uh, Bazim, I believe yeah, is his name. who's supposed to be Bosnian. Right, and who sounds like he's from Cincinnati. Which is just like Ilya is supposed <laughs> to be Bosnian. But she sounds like she's like poor British. She sounds like she's Cockney or something. Sure. And then you've got the Frenchman in the, in the cage yes. who is, and it's not a great French accent, but the bad French accent is not the problem. The problem is... The fact that we're hearing accents at all, or in, in inconsistent accents. Right. Okay, so here we go. Here's this clip. At dinner time, I never had a chance to finish my story. You see, Mr. Myrick, as I ran from that castle that day, out of the corner of my eye, I saw this man. He and I were both headed for my horse. He had obviously just escaped from the castle, since he appeared more like a prisoner than a frightened drifter. Nevertheless, I overpowered him in his attempt to steal my horse. You brought him back with you? Why? I figured any sane man would try to do the same thing if they were running for their lives, especially after what I just witnessed. What have you learned from him? That's just it. Nothing. I can't tell what language he speaks. As far as I can gather, it's Latin-based, but I've had no luck communicating with him. I enter the cell and walk closer to the man inside. What more will he reveal to me of Castle Godfrey? Please, please, let me out of here, please! All in good time, my friend. You, you speak French. Oh, thanks the Lord. Listen to me. You have to get me out of here. We all have to get out of here now! Yeah, that's, that's pretty, it's pretty bad juxtaposition there. And it does, here's what it does. It just takes you out of the moment. There are so many exactly. times, there's so many times that you are really drawn into this story, which is, it is impressive when you think about it's a nonsense story. You know, we're talking about a, a creature from another world and he's chasing vampires and, and, you know, it's all set in 1609 and, or 1690 and blah, blah, blah. This is all, it's all fantastical. So the fact that you can really be pulled and you're not even looking at anything, it's just in your ears. So the fact that you can be pulled into it and really caught up in it in, in those good moments only highlights the moments where they fail and so, they fall right, apart. So I hope the point that we're getting across is. They're too good to be this bad in places. Right. We understand. And, and again, we've done a podcast for over five years now. Yeah. Yeah. So we know the work, the effort, how hard it is to put it together. And these guys don't make it easy for themselves doing, doing this type of show. And the writing, the storytelling is 
really, really done well. Myrick's character, the voice, how he embodies that character is done really, really well. There really are some beautiful moments throughout this. For example, when he's fighting the Horde. The way that they use his inner monologue, the way that they use the music underlaid is fantastic. So we're about to transition now into spoilers because I want to I want to get I want to finish that conversation on accents yeah, but and I want to play you, this clip. But then when you do something like that, but it is preceded by them eating a bowl of gras with knives and forks on porcelain plates or ceramic plates drives me bananas it completely draws you out okay so i had forgotten about that clip but this is a good one to include and this is sort of goes back to the foley and just an example of how like this is a choice that in theory would have worked fine but once you play it out and once you put it on 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 audio so to speak you should be hear it and go nah we got a chance we got to make either a big change in the story and just cut this whole section and only get the pertinent info put in another uh, scene. Oh, well, this so or or remove the foley altogether. So, so the first thing is, what are they eating, Josh? They're having dinner. What are they eating? Dinner is ready. Wonderful. Tell me, Mister Myrick, have you ever had gras? I can't say that I have. Well, then you're in for quite a treat. It's a simple dish, really, just a bean stew with meat. But my Nara makes it sublime. Okay. How do you deliver gras? In a bowl. Okay. And how do we know that? Because Myrick confirms it right here. I focus all my efforts on the aroma of the bowl of gras in front of me, almost completely burying my nose in it. Tell me, Mr. Myrick, what brings you to our little town of Novi? I'm here on a personal matter. Sounds somewhat important. What matter, I wonder, would bring a man all the way out here? Basim, the man said it's a personal matter. We should leave it at that. My apologies. I, I don't mean to be rude. So what? what is that sound that we heard, do you think? <laughs> to me, I would think they were eating steaks. <laughs> it was on like, a plate. At times, not the whole time, but at times you could definitely hear like a knife and a fork yes. touching each other, like clearly that. And the whole time they were touching either a bowl or a plate, but it was clearly porcelain. Sure, but the way Myrick describes this town of Navi as he comes up to it, it's a poor town. The way that he describes the, the innkeeper Otto is he's filthy all the time. The daughter that made the food is filthy all the time. So you'd think in like 1690, they don't have silverware. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe it's metal, I suppose. Like you would have maybe a metal spoon, but it wouldn't be silverware and, and their bowl wouldn't be metal. It would either be clay or wood and, and it would be a bowl and a spoon and wet something. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. yeah. So anyway, that's an example of like, good on you for wanting to include the sound effects, but you got to get the right sound effects. Right. If you're going to, if you're going to put them in at all. Yes. All right. So, so, so let's transition over to spoilers and, and let's talk about now the accent specifically. Okay. So if you don't want to know any specifics about the storyline, Go ahead and pause us here and then come back and finish the episode after you listen to the show, if it's piqued your interest in that way. If, you, if you're if you not sold yet on the show, I'd say stick around and listen to the rest of this because I think you may eventually be drawn into some of the intrigue just like I was. And who knows, maybe you decide to skip the first season, go straight into the second season because you, you got enough from us. Okay, why does this exist in Bosnia, or the story starts in Bosnia at least, but we don't hear any Bosnian accents. Okay, there is an argument to be made. No, there's not. I, uh, let me let me explain it. Later in the story, I think this is like episode... Uh, well, it's actually like episode nine, I think. Uh, Karina, who is a vampire hunter, has 
the has Myrick locked up. He's literally chained down, and because she's because she doesn't hunt vampires. Well, Valpires. She, Whatever. She has seen him in a in a mortally damaged state. He he's burned by salt water, and then she's seen him begin to recover and rebuild his body. And so she's got him chained up, and she's like, "That doesn't happen to vampires." And the things that I can kill vampires with, I can't kill you with. I've tried while you've been unconscious. Alyssa Kalugden, by the way, is great in this scene. I mean, she's she's good in the whole series, but in this episode in particular, she has some really meaty stuff to work with as she's you know working through what Myrick is and whether he's going to continue to be an ally to her or whether she's going to have to kill him in some fashion, which he seems to be you know virtually immortal. Anyway, she's really really good in this, but she's like. What are you, basically? And so you would think in that episode we'd get lots of answers, and we do get some. He's we, an angel. He's a Valpyr, is all we know. We don't know what a Valpyr is. We don't know where he comes from. He does not explain from heaven. the connection between Valpyrs and vampires and any of that, and it is so frustrating. But what he does explain is he wears two rings, two magic rings. The one on his right hand, I believe, allows him to pass as human. It, it changes his form to everybody that looks at him. Because he has, he really has white hair and red eyes. And, and pointy ears yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. So he looks like an elf or something, like an evil elf or something. Like Dritz. Yeah, and fangs. I forgot about fangs yeah. too. And then the other ring on his left hand, I believe, allows him to both speak any language and understand any language. He only hears his own language and he only speaks his own language but anyone that hears him will hear their own language. It's effectively a babble fish. It's a magic babble fish on a ring. I'm okay with that. I am too. It would completely, and it's even interesting that they sort of, they hint in the early episodes that he's good with languages or, or oh, I didn't think you would speak our language because you're, no, you're a stranger here. But he does. He speaks perfect right, Bosnian speaks, or whatever. Well, he speaks Bosnian and then during dinner they speak just Navi, which is kind of like Pikey, I guess. And he speaks that too and he goes, aha. You can't possibly speak this because only people who have grown up here know this language. Yeah. And then later we find out that he speaks French when he speaks to the guy in the, in the cage. And so I was like, well, I guess that's the argument. I think it's sloppy, but I, I guess that. And, and then you point out, so why does he hear the French accent then? Yeah. Why does the French accent stick out, but nobody sounds like they're no, from Bosnia the, right. so speaking the English? Choice, the accent choice is that's just a poor choice by the producers or uh yes the producers at at the top line it may have been an actor choice but either way that's a that was a bad move go back edit give notes so that that is the spoiler reason i suppose that you could make an argument but yes that falls apart that's not really an answer for for your issue there so you mentioned the fight against the horde and i wanted to play this clip because to me this is first of all it's very good uh acting from from uh myrick from nelson ventura but also, this is a perfect example of how they succeed over and over and over again throughout the series with music and that production, as we've pointed out all the places they failed with Foley. Right, but they do. But the, the Horde fight, part of the reason it's great is because Myrick does a good job of painting the fight and mm. painting the picture of what's happening with the music. And it works like that part works really, really well. So we know they can describe a battle. With that, I close them in once more, just as I found them. The horde draws closer. I know they've locked on to my scent. As they continue forward, I count their numbers growing. Should I try to flee like the man did before me, I run the risk of these creatures finding the girls, a chance I am not willing to make. Above all, I shall keep them safe. I hear them as they surround the house. They begin to enter through every open area including the rooftop. I find myself completely surrounded. I extend my claws once more. 
In numbers they enter the quarters where I stand. I look at the horde now that encircles me. They will not succeed. As I finished ripping the head off the last of them, that's when it happened. Perhaps it was overconfidence that left me blind to the moment, as I was caught totally off guard by what happened next. The ceiling above us completely collapses. They descend to the ground floor by the hundreds. Just as I turn to gaze at the multitude that now entirely fill the room at every corner, that's when I heard the horrid sound of Amelie's screams. The impact of the fallen ceiling combined with the massive weight of the horde had broken the shelter where the girls hid. Desperately now, I fight my way through the horde. So that's that's wonderful. But it's sad when you have proven that you can do a thing and then you choose not to do that thing again. So the battle with Lord Dragon? Yes, the, the big baddie. The, the final yeah. battle, which doesn't actually take place at the end of the season... It starts at the beginning, at the end of episode seven, and then finishes in episode eight. It's like very poorly done. It's well, and here's the thing: it makes me wonder because I I do know that some of the series is it on YouTube as well. Like they put up videos. 1980 video game. Okay, so if you go, I, I mentioned earlier in the episode they've got another series called Champion Seven, and it plays out in a lot of ways. It looks like sort of video game cutscenes, you know? Mm-hmm. And the story is better than that, but the animation plays out that way. It's comic book that's motioned, you know, or, or, or added, motion has been added to it. It you makes me wonder. Animated? Yeah, animated slightly, ever so slightly. <laughs> but but like they do the motion comics sure. now. Not, they're sure. not fully animated. Right. Okay, that's what this uh, sort of looks like too. And it makes me wonder if this scene wasn't written with video in mind instead of just audio. That I have not seen a video of this, so I don't know that that's the case. But I do wonder if they have not slightly animated part of this, because that would make a little bit more sense, at least. But listen to this and, and tell me, you know, you, you, to me, this is a total fail, even with the great music that you've got in this series. What are you waiting for? Smite me! As you wish. Is this the extent of your skill? You'll have to try something different, like this! So, what is, we both have a theater background. In in particular, we went to a school that has a great uh, stage combat focus. Yes, on stage fighting. What is the easiest, most lazy choreography you can do in a fight scene, and I would say that's poop deck. <laughs> it's effectively, if, if you've got a daz, uh, dance background, it's like the jazz square of fighting. <laughs> yes, like it's the same two moves. <laughs> it's basically just cross swords again and again. Over and, and like over and over. An X pattern. Both, both fighters uh, form an X pattern and, and hit the swords on each one. Right. And ting, it's, ting, and ting, it sounds, ting, 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 and it sounds, ting, 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 a lot like <laughs> the fight. That goes on for far too long. And so here's the thing. I've got no problem with the way that they did it. The, the sort of video game music there, the, the, the 
like, by the way, I sort of love the choice there for the big bad. He's He has made a voice choice, and he is living it, man. And I like that. And it stands out from anything else in the series. He's only in it the do whole show. Do you like show. that he made the choice, or do you... Do, do I you, like the choice? I like that he made the choice. I don't always... It wouldn't be the choice that I made, but it's so far out from everything else in the series. And he's only in it for, like I say, like an episode and a half, not even a full episode and a half. It sort of works for me. Like, I'm fine with it. I Except... Really, here's what's crazy. I really... The more I think about it, I really do feel like this is video game style everything. Dialogue, sound effects, just without the game. Like, this is written to be a video game. I would tell you what, it'd make a good video game. Even like a uh, a Telltale style, like, point and right. click adventure. Yeah, no. Yeah. I think that's what this... It, dude, it really... Because just the, sty- the style of it feels that way that's that's very interesting all right so uh, here's the other thing that i want to get into as far as, as spoilers go i have a big issue with the fact that at the end of season one i do not know whether or not the valpires are directly responsible for creating the vampire like was it a good thing was it a bad thing was it a choice was it is this why he's chasing this guy down because yeah. he created the vampires and you know blah 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 I, you don't know the connection there. Who are Valpires? What is the world that he comes from? Is, it literally, is he literally an alien so or is guess, it interdimensional? So guess what, Joel? Now you can listen to season two. No, but here, here's the thing. That's too much mystery. They left so much open. And I do understand this is three seasons worth already. So like, clearly they've got okay, a long hold game. Hold on, hold on. You like The Adventure Zone, the podcast The Adventure Zone. I do. I like it very, very okay. much. How many episodes... Do they play before they actually figure out the direction of that show? Oh, they're probably like 12. <laughs> okay. How many episodes are in season one ten. of the Blood Drawn Chronicle? So you're willing to give them 12 episodes, the difference but you're is, not going to give them 10? And in these 10 episodes, no. Joel, no, and in these 10 <laughs> episodes, the reason it bothers you is because you want to know. It sounds like season one worked on you. And you're mad because you didn't get everything you wanted, and now you have to listen to season two. So to me, the show doesn't really pick up until almost like episode five or six. Five or six is where it sort of got me a little bit, and I was I got that like Netflix binge feeling. Yeah. About there, that's we're we're talking close to three hours already of commitment with the adventure that's zone. Not three no, hours listen, of commitment. Listen, yeah, it listen. is because it's about twenty four. Yeah, they're about minutes fifteen to twenty minutes yeah, a show. Okay. But but if you look at the adventure zone, and that is a good example because they're much longer. Their episodes are an hour and and plus. Yes. Right. Okay. It's a comedic show though so even when the storyline is not very interesting their comedy and the humor makes the podcast worthwhile the blood drawn chronicles is living and dying on the story and the mysteries being compelling and the acting being compelling right but the The acting was good mysteries the mysteries are compelling because you're complaining about not knowing what the mystery is after one season after 10 episodes here's what i'm saying i finished the show limetown yes i did okay how many episodes is limetown i don't know like eight or nine okay do you know everything about Limetown? No, not at all. Oh, and but I'm if oh, Limetown. Hey, let me ask you this: If Limetown season two started today, I don't know that I would go and download it though. That's what I'm saying. And what I'm telling you is, this is a show that uh, they're patrons of ours. They literally spent some money towards us to get us to review this show. I love vampires. I'm all about it. I like uh, fictional podcasts. I like audio drama. I literally listen to podcasts and edit them for a living. And still, I finished season one. What? a week and a half ago now and I haven't started season two and it might be because I'm a little mad about this I'm putting it off yeah I'm like, it's you okay my- to be mad in a story what if I you get should to the end of- be mad in a story what if I get to the end of season two and I still don't know what hey, about man, here is you watch Game of Thrones 
thing. Yeah. And oh, they, what happened they started, after Ned died? They started killing folks right up off the top. Oh, no, what they about the Red Wedding? Them. They kept killing them is what I'm did saying. Did the Red Wedding piss you off? Yes, but... Okay, did you stop? I did. I put the book down for six months. That doesn't make it a bad thing. No, okay, okay. Fair, fair enough. Look, so, there's a, look, there are several gripes to have with this show. <laughs> there are several successes. We've had a few. There are several successes of this show. The gripe that you want to throw a fit that you don't know the the mystery after one season is bull. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, let's uh, let's wrap this thing up a little bit and put a bow on it. I am going to play you the the full credits in a moment from the show itself because I I do enjoy the way that they present those as we sort of go out here. But overall, I want to say this. It's a recommend from me. I do. If you like narrative fiction, if you like vampires in particular, The Blood Drawn Chronicles, I think, is a show that you're going to enjoy. There are plenty of frustrations in it. We've only listened to the first season, so perhaps a lot of these have already been addressed in season two and I've three. I've actually already, I've, I've already recommended it. Oh, have you to yeah, somebody? Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and here's the deal. Honestly, I would have listened to more episodes by the time we've sat down to record this, except that on Stitcher... The way that they have the feed going, it, mm. it is difficult to go through. First off, right now for me, for Stitcher, every episode is doubled up. Now, we did notice that's only in season one. Right, it's only at, in season one. And it seems to only be a problem in Stitcher. I didn't have that problem in Apple Podcasts the or in feed, the Overcast app. The way that they do their feed is backwards. Well, they, they set up their feed in in so that you're looking, when you see season three at the top, at season three, episode one, two, three, four, five, down. And the same thing for season two and season one, and it's in backwards order, in the right order for storytelling. But the it's default not in the right for order. playing... The default for playing... Look, man, we talked about this before the show started. You already tried to defend it. I don't care. I gave the same note to Star Talk, and they listened, and they changed it because I'm right. <laughs> sure, sure. So what happens is when you... So the way that they've got it set up, you have to scroll all the way to the bottom of the show to find season one, episode one. Right, but that's how most things are. You scroll sure. to the bottom to start. That's the first one. Right, but if the you very bottom, that, the very bottom, the very first episode is actually episode 10 of season one. So you have to go up 10 episodes to get episode one. Whenever you listen to episode one on Stitcher, you list episode one and then it plays the episode directly above it. So episode one for me, I listen to it and then it goes into episode two season. I mean, episode two, I mean, season, season two, no episode 10 of season two. Oh, okay, yeah. So, yes, the point is so that... So then the, I have to stop, I have to reconfigure, right. I have to go back in, and I can't just smoothly listen from episode to episode to episode. So, again, whenever you're storytelling, part of it is keeping your listener in the story. A good way to do that is to make it roll into episode two, episode three, but it's not set up that way for Stitcher. You are absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And I will say this, as we record this, it's the middle of the week, WWDC, the Worldwide Developer Conference from Apple, is going on. At the end of this week, they're going to have a session on Friday specifically about podcasting. And one of the things that's leaked is apparently in the new podcast app and in iOS 11, they're going to have support for an extra tag of some sort or some extra metadata or something in an RSS feed that will allow for a show to set up seasons. And they'll be separated out just like they are for TV shows and and so forth. And I think that should alleviate this problem effectively altogether. Now, Apple has to adopt it. You don't use an Apple iPhone or an iPad or a Mac. And neither do 80% of the people out there. Uh, 80% of people in the world, exactly. So, but, 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 the vast majority of the podcasting world is sort of in the Apple ecosystem. So the idea is that if Apple adopts this and it is at all easy to adopt, basically everybody else will too. All the other podcast apps, 
uh, Stitcher and the other companies, etc. So perhaps there's light at the end of this tunnel. There are actually a lot of interesting innovations happening right now in podcasting, and, and it, it'll be interesting to know at the end of this summer, maybe, if we're looking at a, a slightly different world for producers especially, and that'll change the way that listeners take it in too, maybe. Anyway, that's your little technology corner here. But yes, there are some feed issues. Anytime I think you do a narrative podcast, there's not a good way to set it up the order. It's all either you're going to have it. There is a good way. You start with episode one, then you go to episode two, then you go to episode three. It's not that hard. Okay, okay, okay. In reverse chronological order is just the way that you want them always to be set up. Yeah. Because y'all want it. Right, because I want it by date of release. Right, and so you, and then the player will play them in the proper Correct. order as they go. In the default playing method, anyway. All right, so that... Why is it the default? I, ha- I hate when you do this. I hate when you do this. You get all snooty and snotty and, and nose in the air. Look, man, I'm the... the you know why this show works, bro? Because I'm average. <laughs> I'm the average user. I'm of average intelligence. I am everyone's target audience. <laughs> So when you get all uppy because you're audiophile and only like 2% of the people that listen to podcasts are audiophiles and you change your settings, I'm not changing my settings. It's default because it's for dummies. I'm a dummy and that's the way I listen to it. (laughs) And that's that's my co-host, ladies and gentlemen. The Blood Drawn Chronicles, season one, the manuscript of a Valpyr. You can check it out at blooddrawn.com, and they're on iTunes, they're on Stitcher, they're on Google Play Music, they're all over the web. SoundCloud, too, if you uh, listen to podcasts there. Although, if you do, what are you doing? Go get a real app. Josh, got anything to add before we wrap this up? Good job, folks, I would say. Yeah, I just hope that that when people listen to this, they understand the, the critiques, the criticisms, but they also hear the good things I've said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we're going to put those on loop. Play them here at the end. Um, all right. As as the uh, song fades out here at the end of our episode, you're going to hear the full cast list as presented in the show. And uh, Digivox Studios put that full full cast and crew list up online somewhere. All right. Thanks, guys. Until next time, we've been your hosts. I'm Josh. I'm Joel. And we are always listening. Yeah, I know I ain't seen it all. Always Listening Podcast Reviews is a proud member of the Two Guys and a Rogue Network. You can find all our reviews, more info about the shows, and other podcasts we produce at alwayslisteningpod.com. If you love podcasts as much as we do, check out our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash alwayslisteningpod. Our theme song is Enough from Bethany Raver. day comes and I stop breathing, will you bury me with my love? Will you bury me with my love? Cause if I never thought twice about dying Then this ain't no life at all Seen enough
The Blood Drawn Chronicles Season 1, The Manuscripts of a Valpyr, stars Nelson Ventura as Myrick, son of Meyer, Alyssa Kalugden as Karina Gallo, Paul Roberts as Lord Dragon, and Sterling Torville as Lord Tyrus Godfrey. To view the full cast, crew credits, and more, please visit www.digifoxstudios.com forward slash TBDC. Two guys and a rogue. I'm one guy. I'm the other. And this is The Network.